Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Hello, and thank you for tuning in today. I am Michael Graywolf, artist, traveler, all-around geek, witch, and brother initiate of the Unnamed Path. And this is Matthew Sidney, uh, brother initiate of the Unnamed Path, musician, poet, writer, teacher, and eternal student. <laughs> and you are listening to Walking the Unnamed Path. This is a podcast where we discuss the teachings and techniques given to us by the ancestors of men who love men and laid out by our late founder, Hyperion. We also touch on topics and ideas pertaining to queer pagan men in general. And, you know, we're glad you've decided to join us tonight. You know, we hope you'll be part of the show, either by calling in at area code 347-308-8222. You know, you can hang out in the chat room, which I will try to get up and running in just a minute. Drop us an email at walkingunnamedpath at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at walking underscore the UP, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash walking the unnamed path. Now, how have you been, Matthew? You know, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been very well. Um, things are really good, you know, just, uh, you know, keeping busy and um, still staying on top of my practice and um, mm-hmm. enjoying some of the some of the wonderful weather that we've been having here lately. So uh, I've been blessed. How have you been? I have been pretty good. Um, I'm, I'll take that back just a little bit. I've been a little sad this week because I was not at Pagan Spirit Gathering. I've been seeing pictures and, you know, all sorts of stuff popping up, popping up in the Pagan Spirit Gathering Facebook page. All my friends have, well, a good portion of my friends, you know, with Pagan Spirit Gathering, with it being such a long-running event, people go, uh, people have gaps in between the times that they are able to make it. And hopefully this is just the one year I'm not able to make it. But I've seen a lot of my friends who weren't there in the past two years made it this year, and that makes me a little sad because I didn't get a chance to see them. But I am hopeful that I will be able to make it next year. But other than that, I have been doing pretty well. I actually just started a diet, and I've been, it's been a little hard. I'm not going to lie. Uh, having to cut back on carbs is not easy. Carbs are in everything. Some of my favorite things yeah. to eat. <laughs> They're so yummy. <laughs> yes. But I have been feeling a lot better, um, and just my time at the gym has been a lot better, too. But... But, you know, other than that, I'm looking forward to Pride, well, an unofficial Pride event here in Dallas in, I believe, this coming weekend. There's a group here that does, um, what is it? It's like an underground Pride movement. They want to get away from the more corporate Pride that we have in September, so they're They've been organized. I, I think they've organized this the last few years, but it's going to be going through some of the parts of Dallas that aren't necessarily uh, part of the gay ghetto. 
So and that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to attending that and seeing what it's like. And then looking forward to Pride in September. Have you had has have you had Pride yet with you? Uh so um um San Diego uh has their Pride event in July. So mm. it's coming up. And uh you know, it's my uh it'll be my first time here, so I it'll be interesting. I uh not really sure what I'm in for, and I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. And so let's go ahead and get on to our topic for the day. You know, Matthew actually came up with today's topic because you know we've had a lot of people ask us stuff about spirit guides. So our topic for today is communicating and working with spirit guides. And to help us with this discussion are two of our brothers who have been on the show before, our brother Sphinx and our brother David. Let me bring them on. Uh, there's Sphinx and there's David. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hello. This is Sphinx. I'm happy to be here. Hi, it's David. Thank you guys for joining no, us. Um I, I well, yeah, say, why don't the, why don't the two of you and please go one at a time? Um, and <laughs> things, how about you go first? Just introduce yourself uh, so that the listeners know what your voice sounds like, and tell us a little bit about you. Um, hello, this is Sinks. I am an initiated brother of the unnamed path. I'm also an, an initiate of Anderson Ferry. Um, I'm also a teacher of the unnamed path. Um, I usually work with uh, shadow work and I usually have been dubbed a shadow seer by some of the unnamed path brothers that I'm really good at doing that stuff. And part of the way I do it is with spirit guides. So I'll just leave that as a teaser. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm David, um, brother initiate uh, teacher of the unnamed path. Um, also a student of Orion Foxwood in uh, fairy seership and st- student of druidry, um, and I don't know what else to say. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for coming on today. Happy so, to be here. Look yep. and ask this first question: um, What are what do you perceive spirit guides to be? And when when you want to talk, say, this is so-and-so, so that we can differentiate between people. Um, this is Sphinx. Uh, um, the Onion Path actually believes that, um, well, let me rephrase that. <clears throat> My take on the Onion Path teachings <laughs> is uh, that the river of blood uh, that runs into and out of the cauldron of the dark goddess bring uh, its what the souls of people are birthed from and what the souls of people are returned to. So what would then happen is it's a dissolution of ego. I mean, we can still go to it to get information, but when we're talking about a spirit guide or an ancestor, they have chosen not to go back into that flow. And because they've chosen not to go back into that flow, they still retain their ego. Um, And so that's usually sort of the unnamed path harmonics of the spirits that we work with in the underworld um, and then that can sometimes then be elevated where they're more concerned about a specific thing. So um, 
a guide who really is concerned about wholeness or a guide who's really concerned about community. That becomes sort of a singular focus. And so then they're elevated into the upper world. And that's kind of it in brief from my perspective. And this is David. Um, yeah, I, what's, what Fink said, and, and also to put a caveat out there that sometimes uh, it is difficult to really explain this in our uh, human language because, um, you know, we're dealing with, with energetics and spirits and other world activities. So um, we'll try to describe it as best as possible, um, knowing that the caveat that we're human looking at the spirit world. So my, my experience has been that in addition, you know, as Sphinx said, that there are folks in the underworld who want to uh, have the capacity to make the decision to want to assist people here in the physical world in a way that allows them to elevate um, themselves energetically to um, less of a it's it's almost like you the the ancestors or the the individuals in the underworld can continue to maintain that kind of corporal physical um aspect and then when they are working to become spirit guides that evolves into just more of an energetic um some people refer to it as light some people refer to it as plasma um capacity where um, they they retain the ability to give insight and guidance, but they lose kind of that physical, corporal aspect of themselves from the underworld. This is Matthew, and I want to share um, a perspective that's derived from a non-undamed path tradition, um, although one that I think is definitely... Um, inspired aspects of it. Um, I'm very fortunate to have had um, teachers who uh, came from a uh, Santeria and a Spiritismo-based um, tradition. And uh, when we talk about spirit guides, a lot of uh, this language um, and understanding about them derives from the spiritism, or in Spanish, espiritismo, espiritismo movement um, from the 1800s. And basically, we're talking about guides who um, are here to help us. And in um, these traditions, and even if you go to um, any New Age shop, um, you might find someone giving a class on spirit guides or a class on mediumship, and, and, and they're pretty much going to uh, assert the same idea, and that is these are spirits that walk with us and help us, and everyone has them. So just because maybe you're not a particularly spiritual person or maybe you're just beginning to get into spirituality, you are blessed, you are guided. There are spirits walking with you and helping you and supporting you. Um, and then if you choose to build a more deeper relationship with them. Uh, part of what we do um, as spirit mediums, and we, we teach this within Unnamed Path, and of course is taught in many other traditions as well, we begin to um, improve our skills in dialoguing with them and interacting with them so that uh, it's less of a mystery and more of 
you get more clear communication. Um, and it just it sort of takes time to develop that. Yeah, and this is David. One of the interesting things um, that um, Hyperion mentions in uh, the podcast is talking about um, both that that they're they're with us from the beginning, but also having the the opportunity that if you are needing and wanting some particular guidance around a particular topic to en engage in a uh, you know a ceremony or ritual um, to make a more deeper connection with that that a particular spirit guide that may come forward. Um, in the podcast, um, Hyperion talks about there being kind of a, a year and a day aspect to um, a specific um, topic. Um, my experience has been that it, it could be that or it could be a shorter period or a longer period. It really depends on the relationship, the deeper relationship that you build with the um, um, the spirit guide and, um, you know, in, in engaging with them, um, feeding them, providing them water or, or, or candle light or, or however you want to uh, engage with them on a regular basis so that you're, you're honoring and acknowledging their work with you in the spirit realm and, um, and having that connection, uh, taking that moment to connect from your own physical existence to their spiritual existence. So a little bit of what you just said was uh, spirit guides can be, you can work with a particular spirit guide for, you know, it could be for a certain task or for a, about a season, or, you know, they could be a lifelong spirit guide, correct? Correct. And, and my, this is David, my, also, my experience also has been that you know, the spirit guides will work with you in a way that because you're, you know, you're human and having this human experience, that they will try to relay the information in ways that you can relate to. So providing you imagery or insight or synchronicities that may happen that, that cause you to think about things in a way that, um, you know, in your physical existence, you're able to process and, and, and understand um, so, although some may come more directly uh, with you, some uh, may come on a, you know, you may have conversations with them, uh, whether it, it, it be kind of in a way that um, a feeling, a knowing, um, or, you know, if you're doing, you know, particular divination or things like that, there may be messages that come through um but um it's it you know the the important thing to remember is to build relationships with them uh because the stronger you build your relationship the more um connected and um i don't want to say the more you'll be able to hear but you know you you'll be able to to kind of get a sense of what they're trying to say versus um maybe if you're not having a relationship uh, there's kind of more of a, a, a barrier that's put into place. Um, this is things, I think uh, what David said there was very, very key. 
Um, it's you're building relationship. And for me, these spirit entities are very much like people. Now then that's probably because I have a very specific lens with which I work with them through, but they're like people. So there are, there are people in our lives who are only with us for a season. And there are people in our lives who they will be with us until we leave this earthly plane. And then there are people who are with us for a long-term goal. But after that long-term goal is reached, will our relationships stay the same? Will our relationships change? And in that vein, it's how do we develop relationship? We don't usually do big, huge, grandiose things. We do small, simple things consistently. We call them up and say, how's it going? We invite them to dinner. We, how else do we develop relationship? Those little pieces of consistency is also how we develop relationships with these uh, otherworldly entities or these out-of-bodied entities. But what does that look like for you? Well, what that looks like, what I would expect from David is not what I expect from Matthew, is not what I expect from Grey Wolf, and we're all three we are all four unnamed path initiates, but what we expect from each other is different. How often we check in with each other is different. Like, you know, two of the brothers are in California, but, you know, Michael and I are here in Texas. So Michael and I should try to plan to see each other more often or be in contact more often than the brothers in California. In, in like manner, what do the relationships look like with those with you, you have spirit contact? That's kind of how mm -hmm. I come at it from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is Matthew, and I, I think you're absolutely right. These relationships, by their very nature, are extremely personal. So it's just like, um, you know, my relationship with my mother is unique and is not going to look exactly the same as Sphinx's, you know, relationship with, with, with you know, either of his parents. And I think that's part of the, the mystery um, around spirit guides and trying to talk about them and about our relationships with them is that each of us um, really has, you know, we, we have the same tools, but we, we build our own unique relationships with them. And even outside unnamed path in the broader spiritual community, I've, I've spoken with people that really have the same uh, understanding. They're, they're, they're the right, you know, whether it be small rituals that they develop for tuning in with their spirit guides or specific meditations that they do or techniques in building these relationships, going back and forth with a specific spirit or a specific group of spirits, you're developing um, a very uh, private and personal uh, mode of communication. And it's not going to be exactly the same as what another practitioner experiences. So I, I think Oh, go ahead, go ahead, David. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead, Michael. Well, I was, I was going to say, so let's say someone who's listening to the show right now is very, very new to Spirit Guides. How would you recommend that they get in touch with a Spirit Guide or figure out you know, who their Spirit Guide is and how would you recommend that they build their relationship. I know it's going to, everyone's way of building relationships is going to be different, but how would you recommend to someone who is just starting out? Uh, um, this is being, uh, the very best resource I have utilized 
has been the book Spirit Allies by Christopher Pinzak because I thought it was this big, huge, convoluted thing, and it was quite literally set sacred space, light a candle, bring them into that sacred space, and ask them. Mm -hmm. It was quite literally that simple. Um, and then, you know, after that, some relationships are very formal. So we have very formal interactions at ritual altar. And then others are very much like, you know, make a cup of tea and let's have a cup of tea once a week. And other relationships look very, very different. But uh, that book, uh, Spirit Allies by Christopher Pinzak, was the key that opened the door for me. But that was well before I started The Unnamed Path. So it, it, it was really of benefit. Yeah. This is David. Um, one of the things that I think, um, well, I'll answer your question and then I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, there's a, a couple of things that we do within the unnamed path that, that allow us to work with um, the spirit world. Um, and uh, what, one of the things is, is a treading of the mill and a red meal. Um, I will refer folks to working with the ancestors podcast um, uh, from the original podcast series that talks about that, but it's uh, a way to, um, um, to, to connect with a spirit guide. Um, another simple way to do it is as Sphinx said to, to light a candle and maybe enter into a meditative state and just be open um, and another way is to, and when you're in that meditative state, ask, you know, is there, is there a guide that wants to work with me or will there, will a guide work with me and who are you? Um, and then once you, know, maybe you hear a name or maybe you see an image or maybe you see a, um, a sense, a, a, um, a feeling, um, kind of hold on to that and get a sense of what that is and then maybe the next time you set out a glass of water or you set light a candle and and say is you know it is so and so there um and and just this is very subtle work sometimes so it's not like you're going to have fireworks going off over your altar and you know burning bushes uh, out in front of your doorstep it, it could literally be a feeling, a, 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 a smell, a, a, even a thought that's fleeting through your mind, um, and having that um, understanding that uh, you know these are subtle messages that may come through. Um, so that that's for me the the kind of the way that I I try to be open in hearing and listening. Um, sometimes successfully and sometimes not so. And this is, this is Matthew. And I, I, I think by way of encouragement, um, any listener who wants to try these techniques, and I would encourage you to do so, what both David and Sphinx mentioned, Penzac's book, um, sitting silently, lighting a candle, putting out a glass of water with intention and asking your spirit guide to speak to you, these are great places to start. It can be awkward and, and, and maybe a little scary for a newcomer. 
um, first of all, know that you have guides. Um, in many tra- different, different traditions all over the world, it's pretty much understood that not only do, does everybody have one guide, everybody has more than one. There's at least, usually there's at least one primary spirit guide walking with you, and then there are others um, who have somewhat of a secondary role. Uh, but you are not alone. And so I think the first thing is to reside in that confidence that there are guides with you and supporting you and listening to you. What I was taught, and this is actually before I got involved in Unnamed Path, I was uh, introduced to um, Espiritismo uh, by a Santero back in Florida where I, I used to live. And uh, – Basically, what I was taught is consistently once a week, choose a, a day of the week and a time that day where you're going to sit down. And as David mentioned, you can light a candle, put out a glass of water. But the main thing is to keep that appointment and just sit and put that attention, that intention there. I'm reaching out to you. I'm performing this simple ritual in respect for you. And I seek to build a bridge and build that communication. And... Uh, in developing mediumship, I think what a lot of us go through is a phase of asking ourselves, am I just making this up? Because what I tell my students is, have you ever heard the phrase, listen to the still small voice within? That's where it begins. That's the first step, in my opinion, in mediumship, is tuning into that, because that's that's going to be your guidance system, that's going to be the voice of uh, a very, very important guide that works with you. Now, whether it's an ancestor, an aspect of self, that's a whole nother conversation, but we all have some kind of guidance. And so just set that regular time, set that regular um, space, and you may not see or experience the fireworks right away. Um, Just Simply do it, relax, go into a relaxed state, and then try it over the course of several weeks. And eventually, um, you'll start maybe hearing a gentle voice, or maybe pictures will start coming to you. Or maybe nothing will happen during the ritual, but during the following week, unusual synchronicities will occur. And all of these are different ways that the spirits, that our spirit guides can communicate with us. Uh, this is David. I also, I wanted to kind of throw this out too, in that, um, you know, in the unnamed path, uh, we work with the upper world and the underworld, and um, there's a lot of layers in terms of working with um, what I would call other world exp- other world um, entities, whether they be upper world or underworld, um, and. So you hear folks talk about working with the ancestors, which um, within the unnamed path is more of an underworld working, or with the guides, which in the unnamed path is more of an upper world. Um, My experience has been that when I work with spirit guides, um, it's also kind of that in the same light that the upper world is more of the, I want to use the word logic, but more of the, the thinking, analytical aspect the overview of what you're you're dealing with in your your day-to-day 
Um, and then when I work with the ancestors in the underworld um, and get their guidance, it's more of a visceral, um, energetic, passion kind of feel. How are they, you know, their guidance comes more from the gut. The, the, uh, the spirit guides seem to come more from the head. Um, and um, so when I work... Uh, when I when I work with them both, it's it's kind of this. Uh, what am I feeling in my gut? What am I what am I sensing in my head? Uh, just to add to what David said too. Um, yes, 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 and uh, also <laughs> Matthew, that was very very awesome. Your your take on it too. That was incredible. The yeah. what the way the way I discern uh, if it's underworld or uh, upper world for me is is the focus or the skill being developed about the we or the community, then it tends wow. to be a little bit more upper world fo- focused. If the skill is for me and about my improvement, it tends to be very underworld focused in sort of that right hand, left hand path. Not that right hand is good and left hand is evil, but right hand tends to be more about a collective and left hand tends to be more about specifically you. Um, So that's how they're uh, uh, flavored for me. And uh, Mm -hmm. just, they will talk to you using any of the clairs that are out there, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. So you might just know something, you might hear something, you might smell something and how they make themselves known will be different for each of us. Yeah, this is this is Matthew, and I I, I just want to echo um, what uh, Sphinx said, and in it's uh, there are parallels in many traditions all over the world. This um, distinction between uh, spirits that we interact with who reside in the underworld and spirits that we may interact with who um, inhabit what we consider the the upper world. And we see this, uh, there are parallels in uh, living traditions such as Spiritism, uh, Santeria, where uh, there's a strong distinction uh, made between the dead and the saints. Um, and along with the saints can, will be, uh, you know, for example, in Sansei, there were 21 divisions, um, a lot of your very classic uh, spirit guides, um, you know, uh, for example, Los Indios, um, whereas um, you would work with them very separately than you would from your personal dead. Um, and then even, uh, you know, I'm a big, uh, big fan of uh, Hellenism, uh, uh, Greek, Greco-Roman paganism. And um, to, the, to the ancients of the classical world, um, there would be a distinction made between um, your personal daimon, who was sort of uh, something very similar to a guardian angel um, slash higher self, uh, and you would interact with that as a sort of spirit guide. Uh, but then separately, you would also work with um, uh, what, what nowadays we call the mighty dead, while the ancient Greeks and Romans called them heroes. And they were regarded as living in the underworld, living in the palace of Hades, and they were uh, interacted with and honored, but with very different rites, uh, with uh, what were called uh, catonic rites. 
And uh, so th- this distinction that we see is, is paralleled in many different cultures. And some traditions talk of spirits from the underworld progressing and evolving and um, choosing to go on a journey as spirits and learning and growing and eventually becoming upper world spirits. Um, you know, the details are going to vary from tradition to tr- tradition, but it's fascinating to me how many parallels we find all over the world. Yeah. I have two questions, and one of them might actually lead into the other. So, we with during this conversation, we've been talking about spirit guides. You know, we are been talking to about them as people who have people, you know, uh, individuals who have passed uh, either the far far past or a recent past, that can your spirit, can a spirit guide be like an animal spirit or a nature spirit? Uh, yes. yes, they absolutely can be. Um, there, we work with animal totems and plant totems. Uh, in the unnamed path, we work with, um, there are a few entities that have never had physical bodies, like spirits of the land. Um, so yes, they can be, they could have experienced a human life before they decided to uh, become a member of your spiritual court, or they may never have experienced a physical life, nor desire to experience one. So that's my take on it. David, you wanted to say something? Oh yeah, David. Um, yes, <laughs> um, and they also, um, depending on the particular guide that you connect with, uh, could be regional. Could be um, uh, so there. There could be, for example, um, a um, one of the things one of our brothers in Florida works with is the um, uh, Our Lady Florida. Um, and um which i view as a, a spirit guide in that um uh, you know it, it's a spirit of the particular land um there's spirits of the land in california that I, that i work with and then there's particular um particular trees individual and um and that's another thing is that when you work with a spirit guide um, sometimes my experience has been that you're working with the spirit of that particular either type of, um, say, for example, you're wor- working with a spirit guide on improving your finances. Um, I've had experiences where I've worked with a, sp- a spirit guide who's come from a banking or finance background, but also I've worked with the spirit of banking or the spirit of finance or the spirit of so it's it's kind of the, it's this really multi-layered aspect and um it's sometimes difficult to comprehend because while we live in a 3d uh world sometimes this is even extra dimensional beyond that and so when we try to apply oh well this is up and down and left and right uh, into the spirit world, uh, the spirit world looks back at us and and uh, doesn't laugh, but just says, "Bless your heart." 
Yeah, this is this is Matthew again, and and I would say yes, absolutely. Um, your spirit guide or some of your spirit guides may be animal spirits. Um, in in my personal experience, and also in my education, and in, in other traditions, and ta- talking to other people and learning about other people's experience, is that there's value in just really being open minded. If you're reaching out to get to know your spirit guides and you feel like you're beginning to build a relationship with one of them. Um, They can take any form. They may take the form of an animal. They may take the form of an angel. Um, Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, all of a sudden become a devout Christian. Um, It just means that that's, that's a form that they're taking. They're an angelic being. Um, Talk to them. Um, all the angels I talk to are vehemently um, against um, any form of fundamentalist religion. Um, uh, they, you could interact with a spirit that may take the form of, a, of an elf or a dragon. Um, that's okay. Allow that to happen. Um, don't shut that out because that's part of the form. That if, if you're having a visual experience, the form that they're taking is a way of communicating with you. Uh, many people, um, uh, you know, you're, um, uh, you may find yourself interacting with a, a spirit that looks like um, an indigenous Native American or maybe a stereotypical Indian. Um, you may feel a little uncomfortable about that, but go with it. Ask questions. Be open to the experience because there's a long, long history of spirit guides taking on these kinds of forms when interacting with us. I knew a woman, um, uh, she passed away quite a while ago, but she was based in Manhattan. She was a healer and she worked with a group of guides and she referred to them as the doctors. And uh, rarely would she see them, but her sense of them was that they were a group of doctors and that was what she called them. That was how she related to them. That was, um, kind of, uh, you know, the, the personality that she got from them. And she was an extremely effective and well-known healer in her day. Um, so, you know, I would say it's, it's, you can't pigeonhole them because being transdimensional or um, energy beings, they can take on so many forms. Um, and the forms may be reflective of what they were in a previous life, or it may not be. It may just be an image that they're pulling from your mind um, and using that as a language, using that as an interface to help them communicate with you. Uh, and this is David. I want to add to and, and, and kind of offer clarification that um, Folks may be aware that within Native American communities, there are things like guides and totems and things. And and I just want to um, say that you know, in the perspective that I take and the and the, um, the view that I take is is coming from um, an individual relationship that I have with with entities and, and spirits and and guides that come to me through my spiritual work, and and not that I'm. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, trying to appropriate or, or claim to be um, within, you know, the work that that Native American uh, or Native uh, folks around the world do in terms of connecting with with guides that that they have. And so, um, it's 
all similar work, and I pay tribute and honor to those indigenous cultures around the world that do similar work, but um, I'm not trying to be them. I'm I'm doing the work that um, I'm doing based on the relationships that I've built with the spirits within my own um, my own ability to reach out to them and their interest and ability to reach out to me. Uh, this is Fink. So, uh, thank you, David. I, w- I wanted to piggyback on something that uh, Matthew was speaking on, which, of course, now that I've started using words, they've got away from me. Ah, words was a thing. That's fine. <laughs> um, so, uh, we are bound by our physical forms. We are va- bound by language. Our thoughts are sometimes bound by language because our languages inform our thoughts and how we can even put ideas together. So if we're interacting with something that doesn't have a physical form and that is not bound by thought, how it communicates is going to be very, very different. So what it might do is just what we call storyboarding or Rolodexing, which is it will pull ideas out of your head to try to create a narrative that you can then understand. Mm -hmm. And then over time and then through working with them, you learn how to communicate with this one specific entity, and they might use very specific imagery in order to communicate with you. And that imagery can change over time. Oh, you came to me as a dragon, but you're not a dragon. You're actually a World War II veteran. Why did you come to me as a dragon? Well, that's the only way you would receive me at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so knowing that um, the ideas and impressions and your images that you have can change over time, but the core of who and what that person is is different. It would be the equivalent of meeting one of us in person, and then because we've just met you, we're on our P's and Q's, and then over time (laughs) when you hang out with us, we're a little less formal, we're a little little more lax. (laughs) We're still who we are, and we weren't being deceitful. We were just putting on our best face so we could start having a relationship. So then when we introduced ourselves as the pure unadulterated us, we can go into relationship and not have to be and not and not feel judged by it. Mm-hmm. And this, David, I want to follow up on that too by saying that, um, you know, sphere guides want to work with us um, and do work with us for our our benefit and for their benefit, and and sometimes that means that they're going to provide. Uh, guidance that's going to be difficult and and we're not going to like it and we're going to squirm with it and we're going to try everything we can to get out of it. Um, they're not... Uh, and how do I say this diplomatically? Um, <laughs> they're not, you know, fluffy bunny, white light kind of, oh, everything's going to be wonderful and you're going to be fine and get through this. There are going to be spirit guides that are going to say, stop being an ass. Stop, you know, stop doing the the um, what you're doing because if you continue to do that, um, you're you're going to screw up your life. Um, now we have the option of listening to that and acting on it, or we have the option of ignoring it. Um, but when you work with spirit guides, um, sometimes it can be difficult. Sometimes it can be situations where um, they're going to call you out on things and you're not going to like it. Um, and, and so you have to sit with that and know that it comes from a place where, um, one, a place of love, two, a place of 
um, compassion for your human experience. Um, and, and three, from a place where it's like, okay, you know, they have an overarching worldview. Um, they're not going to lead you into somewhere where they feel like uh, it, it's not for your detriment, it's for your benefit, but it's not always comfortable or easy. Mm-hmm. So the second part of the question that led into this was, you know, I think basically all three of y'all uh, work in other traditions besides the online path. Do, is there a divide between the spirit guides you work with in, say, Anderson Ferry or with um, your teachings with Orion Foxwood or even with the stuff that you've done, Matthew, is there a divide or is there, or is there ever like a crossover between the spirit guides? You know, are they men who have men or are they spirit guides who work with you with the unknown path or, and work with you with this other path? Sure. This, uh, this is Matthew and, and, and I'll, I'll dive in cause you picked on me. Um, <laughs> uh, and and that that being said, I'm very excited to hear um, David and Sphinx answer that same question also, because I think um, there's certainly just like there's a diversity of traditions, there's going to be a diversity of experiences. For me, um, it's um, the tradition that I was learning before I embraced a main path, uh, which was um, at, you know, very Caribbean. Um, basically spiritism, um, and, and I, I was you know, working with a, a Santero, um, but mainly what I was doing was spiritism, and it's still a big part of my practice. Um, baked into that tradition is the idea that there are many different categories of spirits. Uh, not only is there a hierarchy, um, but even at any given level, there's just different groups, different families of, of spirits. And so um, I came into this being very comfortable with the idea that ancestors of men who love men, I think of that as one particular division, one particular category of spirits, uh, just like uh, the beings that in spiritism uh, are called los indios, that's one category of spirits, or lamadamas, that's uh, another category of spirits. And so... Um, you know, what I had already been taught, what I was already practicing, um, it was easy for me to make a space for ancestors uh, of men who love men. Now, does that mean that there's sometimes overlap, maybe a particular spirit that, um, you, know, you know, is sometimes a part of one category and sometimes another? You know what, probably, because I think that these categories and boxes are more useful and true for us here in the limited physical world than they are for spirit beings, which I always go with the assumption that they're probably a little bit more multidimensional than we are. Um, uh, so, um, but for me, fortunately, it was, it, it was very comfortable. So actually um, I had been for a long time maintaining a, um, what they call a boleta espiritual, um, a spirit shrine. And uh, as part of that tradition, you might have a, a number of glasses, let's say seven glasses, to represent different guides or different groups of guides. And so for me, okay, well, I'm going to make space now for the ancestors of men who love men, who are now a huge part of 
what I'm doing. Um, so I, I don't know what that might look like for the others, but for me, it was pretty easy um, to create a bridge. Um, this is things. The Hyperion flat out told me uh, at one point that the unnamed path doesn't work with the Fey. I'm like, do you mean you don't deny you deny that they exist? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. He goes, we don't specifically work with them. He goes, we don't specifically work with angels either. And I go, but what about when we talk about the those mighty beings of light in the upper world? And what about when we talk about uh, nature spirits and things of this? He goes. He was willing to concede that there was overlap, but he was not willing to say that, yes, we actually work with them. Um, some of the contracts that were able to uh, formulate, agree to, that we actually give the tech for, the techniques for, in the unnamed path, are very reminiscent of the contracts of these types of beings. Um, for me, it's all about your own personal relationship. Um, we could be looking at the same entity, and I call it mother, but someone else call it a healing spirit, and someone else call it a, a spirit of compassion. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but who everyone's interacting with is still my mother. You know what I mean? So how we interface with them is fine. And I think on the uh, by the end of the day, they don't really give a crap about labels. They've kind of outgrown them or shed them. But I think that truth is truth is truth, no matter what form it takes. And all it wants us, and all that I have experienced is those that we work with want us to find our purest truth, to be raised to the power of divinity as close as we can and still have a physical form and do our work in this world. Yeah, uh, this is David. I, I yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, I and I think that you know, we as a tradition, we work with, with the energetic current of men who love men, um, and as a as a source of power and, and inspiration. And when we work with spirit guides, um, you know, we we are have an affinity towards working with men who have been, but I've also feel that there are spirit guides who be like, well, I'll be a spirit guide of men who have men if I, you know, to, to, it's it's not like the boxes, that they're in a particular box. It's like, okay, well, if I have to be a spirit of men who have men to work with you, then that's, that's what I'll do. Um, and in terms of crossing over between traditions, um, the very, very, very bad metaphor, but it's you know, it's like looking at the ocean and that you know, you can grab a cup of water out of the ocean and appreciate and, and have this cup of water that you can work with, but you can also reflect that there's the the ocean and there's also whatever in the water is also in the cup. So it 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 is for me, um the opportunity to work with a spirit guide um, I will work with uh, them at an energetic level of men who love men, but I will also have the opportunity of them coming through in ways that um, are not connected to that particular energetic current, but still inform my um, my magical, my spiritual, my mystical practices. 
And when you work with, like, spirit guides from plants and animals and trees and rocks, um, these, the definitions, the labels, the constraints that we in physical form apply to them, um, it's like, okay, sure, if, that will, if that's what you want to do to, to help work, then fine, we'll, we'll go with that. But to us, it doesn't really matter. To us, you know, we are working uh, with you directly, um, and we can work through that current, or we can work through a different current. Awesome. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, just, I heard everything you said, but you might want to check your mic or make see where you're standing because you were sounding a little faint. But I okay. this, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that the listeners could hear you too. Um, uh, I will try to sense. talk louder. Thank you. That oh, that's great. much better. So, can we get a little more personal? Would y'all be willing to talk to us, you know, just a little bit about the spirit guides you work with? Uh, you know, what are they like? Um, I, I will happily do that. Um, okay. The first two, the first two spirits I worked with, um, one uh, usually sits on my left side and one usually sits on my right. The one on my right would be considered a guardian and very much more about the communal we. And the one who sits on my left, um, he is much more concerned about my personal work, and I call him my shadow guide. So I have a guardian and a guide. And then through my work in the unnamed path, I encountered a, an ancestor of men who love men that's supposed to help me stop shrinking when I'm walking through this world because I, I have a very specific set of behaviors I do that are not beneficial to myself and that kind of low-key insults everyone around me, including myself, as far as, oh, we need to put limits on who and what we are and so that we're not the shining bright lights we should all be uh, versus the, well, if you allow yourself to shine this bright, then everyone else can feel they're allowed to shine that bright as well, and there's more than enough for everybody. Yay. So those were the three main spirits I worked with for the longest time. And then just in this past year, I went back to the uh, bonfire in the underworld for the ancestors of men who love men and said, I want to work on deepening, on deepening my work in each of the four directions. And four of them stepped forward, completely different. I'm still working on relationships with them. Um, but uh, one looks like a World War II vet. One looks like a Native American medicine man. One looks like a uh, Gregorian monk. And one looks like a Celtic druid. And I didn't ask for them. Well, I asked for them. I didn't like, but, but that's the form that they've taken for me right now. And each of them have adopted one aspect of the uh, four parts of the unnamed path and have agreed to deepen my work in them when I have time to work with them. So um, I've been really working on the energy healing route right now, and I'm supposed to be working on the others from time to time as well, and I am failing in that, not them. So that's where I'm at. Check. 
this is David. Um, so, uh, just to give some context to kind of answer the question, the last um, two months um, have been quite an interesting experience for me in terms of uh, trusting the work that my guides are 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 doing and working with them. Um, long story short, um, a group of friends of mine and I are going together and getting a piece of property near San Diego. We're going to live on the property. And in order to go through the steps of getting the property and and all the, the nuances involved in that and then all the issues around consolidating households and moving stuff and packing and all that kind of stuff and having the money come in to be able to do that. Um, it's been pretty dramatic is the word that came to my mind, but it's it's been, you know, a journey. And the thing that I have said consistently to my guides is I will keep walking forward. I will keep um, doing what I'm doing, I just need you to help, you know, help help steer the rudder of the ship in the direction that, that I'm I'm working to move it towards. Um I I do have you know, I have uh a, a guide that I have a name for that um uh that I, I call on occasion, but I also there are guides that I don't know who they are. I I know I know that they're there. Um I know that they do work with me and, and for me. Um but I don't have like a you know, a name or an image or whatever. I just part of it for me is saying, Okay, I trust. You know, I'm gonna keep on moving forward, I'm gonna keep on doing what I'm doing and all I can do is say, you know, um I for those of you who are uh, Indiana Jones fans, it's you know it's the the, uh, the the last crusade where Indiana Jones is walking across the stone bridge and he looks down. And he says, "I just have to have faith," and he steps out and he steps onto the bridge. And he, it's the same thing in that um, you know if you were to ask me, well, prove that your spirit guides are working with you, prove that you know this is I'm like well, I can't 100% prove it. But I can tell you that if I look back to where I was uh, a couple of months ago uh, and and I look back to where I was, uh, you know, a year ago um, and where I am now, that I was doing work, but there was also work that was being done for me. And um, and I, I could stop and go, oh, well, it was just luck or it was just this or it was just that. Um but, you know, at the same time, um, my instinct and my teachings, you know, instruct me to just to believe and to um, to keep on moving forward. What about you, Matthew? This is... This is yeah. This is Matthew, and um, very really interesting um, Sphinx. I, I'm. It was. 
engaging for me to hear you talk about the guy that sits on your left and guy that sits on your right or stands. Uh, I tend to be clairaudient uh, in my um, mediumship, and uh, I'll hear voices um, usually very soft, or I'll just get a knowing. Um, but I've always often had the experience of different voices or different modes of knowing coming from different directions in the space around me, such as either within or to my left or to my right or, uh, you know, or, or sort of like, uh, you know, towards the front, but three quarters to the left type of thing. Um, so it's really interesting. I think that's, um, I, I, I wonder how much of a shared experience that is in the, in the broader community, how many people have that similar experience of, uh, different voices, different guides standing or walking in different positions around them as they surround us and protect us. Um, and then, David, it was really moving for me to hear about the feedback that you're getting. And you were talking about that, that scene from Indiana Jones' Last Crusade where he has to f- have faith and walk across the abyss. Because uh, as of late in my own meditations, I've been receiving very similar imagery. Um, it's like an invisible staircase and them just urging me, just, just keep walking. Just, you know, you you don't see the steps, but they're there. They're there. We're, 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 we're guiding you. We're lifting you up. So, um, that's two things are wonderful and magical. And I'm feeling, um, really, uh, positive and humbled at the same time, um, by that, um, uh, I guess, you know, it, in my experience, it, it tends to be clairaudient uh, to an extent, uh, or sometimes I'll just know things. I'll just feel like I know a truth. I don't really, um, it's not always in words, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a certainty uh, you know, about a situation or about a person. Um, and, uh, you know, I've worked with, um, you know, there are... Um, animal spirits um, that I do work with, usually in the context of my journey work in non-ordinary reality um, is where I most often work with um, certain animal allies, if you will, um, who've uh, been kind enough to to help me, you know, over the years in this kind of work. Um, And then uh, in the, in the outer world, uh, you know, I have, um, you know, one of my spirit guides is, um, one of my spirit guides, uh, does, uh, you know, there's a very maternal presence, uh, in my, in my spiritual court. Um, some of my experiences, um, do parallel, um, some of the common themes and common categories or divisions of spirits that, that are, are well known in the um, Spanish speaking spiritual community. Um, and then, you know, I've also had, I don't know if it's right to call them spirit guides, but I've also had ongoing contact with and workings with beings that present themselves as angels. Um, and having been extremely anti-Christian for a long time, I, I and, and very much against patriarchal religion in general. I, I kind of had a hard time dealing with these beings. You know, why are you talking to me? Um, the fascinating thing is, at least the angels that have decided to talk to me, they're like, dude, we're queer. Um, 
So, you know, don't put your biases on us. <laughs> you know, don't judge us. <laughs> don't judge us by the patriarchal religions. You know, we're, we're, we're as, as queer as you are. And uh, so get over it. We're here to help. And so those are a couple different, um, I guess, uh, maybe types of, of, of spirit guides that I've been privileged to interact with over the years and who I continue to work with. Um, I do also, I don't know if it's right to call them spirit guides, I do um, make a point of honoring my personal dead, deceased relatives, deceased loved ones. Um, And then there's also work I do for my distant ancestors, um, ancestors of blood, but also ancestors of spirit, ancestors of of culture. Um, You know, I do... um, what's called working with them, which is basically honoring them and offering them light. And and sometimes they call it feeding them, just, um, you know, transmitting healing energy to them so that they can experience um, healing on in, in their dimension. And in turn, when they interact with our dimension, pay it forward and offer us in turn, some of that, that healing energy. Um, So that's sort of what my, uh, experience has been looking like and um, but it you know it evolves it changes and I think that's um, one of the exciting things about this journey I think that the more open-minded you are the more flexible you are to the unexpected um, you could sometimes get more impactful results yeah um, this is David I, I... I'm pushed to to say this, um, and I talked about when we talked about the walking into the abyss or, or climbing up the invisible stairs. Um, you know, when we, as magical practitioners, as as witches, as as whatever you want to call it, you know, we get to a point where we are. Um, we're, ded- we're dedicated is not the right word, but we're pretty committed in terms of, of what we're doing. And we have to be willing to take those steps and we have to be willing to fall. We have to, um, part of this experience when doing, being magical workers is not only having those experiences where there's something there to grab our foot, but there's also that we are are willing to fall into the abyss and let let go, let go of everything, mm-hmm. um, and to have that connection to spirit, and knowing that regardless of our physical existence, um, that there is a spiritual, um, energetic connection to the universe that we have, and so um, I. I'm not saying, you know, go out and do stuff that's that's dangerous or or whatever, but when we do when we do magical work, sometimes um sometimes our our spirit guides and sometimes the powers that be, we're going to we're going to fail. And um and we're going to learn from that. We're going to grow from that. Um you know, we are spirit we are spiritual beings having human experience. And as much as we want it to be perfect and wonderful and happy and joyful, um, that's not always going to be the case. 
because that's not entirely the human experience. So there is sadness, there is grief, there is fear. And so when we go through this process, when we have these connections of spirit and we get this guidance, um, we need to be open to succeed, we need to be open to fall, uh, knowing that uh, and trusting that if we do fall, that there's a purpose and a reason and that the universe has, you know, some energy that surrounds us on that. Um, and if we are, if we fall and we don't, um, trust is not the right word, but, you know, if there's, if we start to second doubt, you know, our experiences, then we're starting to second, to second doubt our, our, our magical experience. And I think that does a disservice to not only our guides and, and the ancestors and gods, but it also does a disservice to us in that um, we we don't have you know, we should we should trust ourselves we should trust the work that we're doing so I know we're a little bit over the hour so I have two more questions um, and then we can wrap up if you can can you share any experiences where your guide your spirit guides have helped you with something. Uh, doesn't matter what. I know you talked a little bit, David, about how you were working with uh, some spirits on finances. Uh, what are some other uh, examples that uh, spirit, spirit guides have helped you with something? Uh, well, this is David. Um, every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the the want to get up and live my life or the want to stay and stay in bed um i i mean i there's so many i mean i look back on my life and i i there's certain situations that i've been through where i'm like how how did i one how did i get into it and then two, how did I get out of that? Um, and looking at, uh, you know, I talked about finances, but living and, and health and, you know, emotional and, and, and physical health and all these challenges that I may have faced. And yet, um, here I am. And... I was able to make decisions. I was able to um, have things done for me that looking back, I'm like, I, I, I don't know how that happened. I don't know why it happened, but it happened. And um, it's just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the work that they are doing. I'm grateful for the work that they empower me to do. Because, you know, this is a relationship thing. So as much as I would like to just sit back and lay in bed and be like, oh, well, spirit guides do this for me. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's not how it works. They're going to they're gonna do some things and you're going to do some things. And, um, and this relationship that you have um, is a relationship. It's not a, it's not a one-way relationship. It's a two-way relationship. This is Sphinx. 
July of 2015 during a sit, uh, my spiritual court came to me and said, uh, one of your elders will not make it to the next year. You need to prepare. So I sat there and I was like, oh, that's going to be my grandfather. My grandfather is in his 90s and um, still alive, by the way. And during a subsequent set, my shadow guide came really, really close to me and said, would we tell you to prepare for your estranged grandfather? Um, And that meant my mother. Uh, who was my best friend. So uh, my mother died December 20th of that same year. Um, But in the interim from July to October when she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and had no issue up until that time, um, from that time frame, my spiritual life tanked because I wanted to stick my head in the sand and, you know, well, I'm a powerful, you know, I, I'm, I, I can sculpt reality. I can change this. Uh, but some of what happens is that we're informed of things that we cannot change and just stuff that we need, we need to prepare for uh, because part of life is death. And I wish the me now could talk to the me then, which was, what, less than three years ago now? Um, but the the messages I got were very salient, very potent, very pal- palatable, and I wanted to th- ignore them. But the thing about this work sometimes is once you see something, you can no longer unsee it. Mm. But that was my most salient experience. What about you, Matthew? Anything? Oh boy, I think I think one thing that really um, I would count as maybe my most profound experience was my whole transition to um, moving across the country. And it was something that I felt moved to do, um, but it's 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 very scary, you know. Basically, um, I resigned from a good job, packed up what could fit in my car, and, and traveled across country. And um, what I learned, um, a I had already been taught, um, your spirits, there are spirits who can help you when you give them permission. Give them permission to help you, and they can help you. But a spirit that you know that has your best interests is is not going to violate your free will. So okay, so there's me, you know, a year ago, eight months ago, you know, giving them permission. Um, and then the other aspect of that is not micromanaging them. Um, you know, going into an unknown endeavor, whether it be looking for a new job or entering a new romantic relationship or um, uh, and, and, you know, endeavoring and embarking on a new spiritual path, whatever it is, if you're, if you're asking for help from these guides and from these um, trans-dimensional beings, um, 
you know, they know detail. They can see more than we can see. They have more data about what's going on than we do. So we may think, I may walk into a situation thinking, okay, I'm going to go after this job. This is the one that I want. This is the one for me. But my spirit guides are going to know whether or not that's actually true because they may happen to have the inside scoop. You know what? There's this horrible, toxic person in that environment. And if you do get that job that you think you want, it's going to be hell on earth. So, um, you know, being willing to trust that when we're working with these spirits that, that they can know things that we're not able to know. And so for best success, don't micromanage, um, have trust that they're going to, that they're going to come through. And I did something that was very scary and I'm, I'm extremely blessed, extremely blessed. I mean, have there been challenges of course, but, um, my life is wonderful and whatever challenges I've had to face were challenges that were within my ability to handle, uh, with at least a little bit of grace. Um, so for me, just what I did with my life recently was a huge act of faith and a huge act of trust in my spiritual court, because I felt that this was something that they were pushing me to do. Um, and I was getting strong messages and, and being told basically that, okay, this is, this is the plan. And, you know, I think a different person would just say, you know, are you out of your mind? Uh, you know, <laughs> I have a good life. I have a good job. Why would I, why would I, you know, throw everything away, um, for something so uncertain, but I trusted, I did it. And I, there's, there's, for me, I'm only looking forward because everything has everything, you know, I'm in such a better place as a person now than I was a year ago. Um, I've grown so much and I'm so much more grateful. I'm so much more authentic. Um, I'm able to really more fully live um, the life that I feel I came here to live. And I'm, I'm, again grateful but at the same time humbled um because wow it's not it's not all about me there's this you know invisible dream team that's helping to make this happen um and that's precious so last question what are some last minute bits of advice or some sage words of wisdom that you would like to give our listeners who you know, are wanting to get in touch with spirit guides, who are in touch with spirit guides now. This is think. Uh, consistency is key. Whatever that looks like for whatever relationship you're trying to convul- uh, cultivate. Uh, cultivating a relationship, consistency is key. Um, this is David. I would say just keep doing your work, um, and the rest will follow. This is Matthew, and all I can do is say ditto to both <laughs> David and Sphinx because consistency. I I like to I, I like to think of it as, as setting an appointment. 
you know, it's like going to the gym. If you want to get good results, you have to make, you have to say, okay, I'm going to go every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. and do it consistently. If you don't, you're going to be disappointed in your results. And I think with anything that you, you you're, if you're trying to, if you meet someone that you're interested in and you want to get to know them, build a relationship, okay, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to carve out time to spend time with that person. So every Friday night, um, I'm going to create space in my life so I can spend time with this person to build that relationship. And I think so too with our spiritual life, make an appointment and stick with it. Um, whether it be, you know, Wednesday when you come home from work, you're going to light a candle, sit down and meditate every week, no matter what, 20 minutes. That's a start. It's simple, but whatever you're going to do, be consistent. And you will get results. It may take a few weeks. It may take a few months because they're going to test us. Because they know us. They know us from the inside. You know, your spiritual court can see the world through your eyes. They can read your thoughts. They know whether you're full of it or not. So if you're, if you're not really serious about it, they're not going to be serious about you. You've got to prove that you're making that commitment. And that's why it may be four weeks, five weeks, eight weeks before you start really feeling like you're making a connection. Um, make a date and stick with it. And I, this is David. I just want to add on to that. That remember, you can incorporate this stuff into things you already do. So, if you are, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you do is have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, you know, when you're having that cup of coffee or a cup of tea, check in with your spirit guides and just kind of, you know, sit there and and, and work with them. You're driving to work, and you know, take take a moment to check in with your spirit guides. Um, if you have an opportunity to um, go and do some meditation, uh, do that. But realize that there are things you probably do on a daily basis that you can incorporate into your, your spirit work and you're, you're checking with your guides and, and getting insight. And that it, it doesn't have to be a Broadway musical. It can be a community theater production and it'll just be perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And one one thing I feel um it's important to point out is that not everyone is a medium. Not everyone's meant to be a medium and that's okay. I'm a small there, I'm more of a small <laughs> so more of a small. There you know, there are people and one thing when I was being coached, a teacher of mine said, Listen, just sit down and just talk to your guides the way you would talk to a trusted friend or the way you would talk to um, a, a beloved relative. Talk to them about your problems. Talk to them about your day. Talk to them about what's going on at work. Um, and because, you know, mediums are specialists. And so not everyone in the community, not everyone in the tribe is, is going to master those skills. So it's okay to um, – you could journal just write a letter to your spirit guide about all your questions and concerns or sit down and speak out loud to that shining candle. Um, and maybe you're not going to have a telepathic experience, but what you will have is you're going to see um, recurring themes um, come at you, those little coincidences, those little signs um, uh, that happen, such as, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, – 
you know, your favorite number happens to be seven, and all of a sudden sevens are popping up everywhere the following week. Or maybe um, out of the blue, all of a sudden, you know, every day that week you happen, for whatever reason, you happen to see um, uh, a parrot flying by. Um, these are, are subtle ways um, that spirits can communicate with us is by pointing out these, these synchronicities. Um, so uh, they work in mysterious ways, and that's okay. Um, and like David said, it's not always going to be a Broadway production. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you might get better results without the Broadway production. Thank you, everyone, for being on the show today. Thank you, thank you, David. And thank you, Matthew. I Just so much info from all of y'all. It's just amazing. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, think thank you, thank I have anything else to add. I think it's very been pretty well covered uh, without any other questions that are specific. I think we've pretty well shown as many facets as we could in the time we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we did good work. Thank you guys for coming on and thank you for our listeners um, for tuning in. And, and this today's topic came from a listener who asked us to cover this. So uh, anyone out there, if there's anything that you'd like to learn more about, anything you'd like to hear uh, our perspective on, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're doing this for you. We're doing this to help nourish the community. So please don't be shy. Um, you know, we're, uh, uh, this is a collaboration. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play us out with a song, and then I'll come back and give some closing remarks. But you know, it's always a joy to spend time with my brother, and I look forward to the next time we can all sit around and chat. Happy Pride, everyone. Yay. Happy Pride. Bye. Love y'all. And the song is Ginger Doss, Choose Words Wisely.
And that was that was Ginger Doss. Choose words wisely. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. That was such a great conversation with the brothers. <clears throat> I'm going to be posting a few links to our Facebook page. <laughs> if I can get my document to open, <laughs> I'll, I'll post a link to where you can find the book that Brother Sphinx was talking about. Uh, Fair Allies by Christopher Penzak, if you don't already have it. Um, And I'll also post a couple of links to uh, the original podcast with Hyperion, where he was talking about uh, spirit guides, the Red Meal, and even allying with an ancestor. Again, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, any more questions, or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please you know, get in touch with Matthew or myself. You can hit us up on Facebook. Uh, you can always message our Facebook page at facebook.com slash walking the unknown path. You can send us an email at walking the unknown path at gmail.com and we will try to respond as quickly as we can and try to work in any suggestions that we get I hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. And I hope you have an amazing Pride season. And, yeah, hope you have an amazing week this coming week. And we will be back on, oh, gosh, what a date. I'm, I'm still a little behind on my date since we switched to our new showtime, new showtime date and actual airtime. Let me see. Our next show should be July 8th. And, yeah, we will be making announcements on what the show is going to be about in the next couple of weeks. So have a good weekend, and we will see you again soon. Bye. You're listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagan's